Mike, Tom, and Jim, and we are one more than two. We are three Sweet Me Bro. Hey, everybody. It's been a clip, but we are back, and boy, oh, boy, has a lot happened. We've tried to scrunch it down into a few major things, but, um, you know, as uh, as this always goes, we we tend to spiral, so hang on and, 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 and enjoy the ride. But, yeah, we're going to talk about Roman Reigns and his new title and how I, he's made it feel special now. Speaking of titles and feeling weirdly special, what's going on with Billy Corgan? We're going to talk about that. We definitely know what's better than Billy Corgan, and that's New Japan Forbidden Door News, which keeps coming up. Um, And there's, I think, two matches specifically we're going to talk about. Um, And boy, oh boy, it's like he never left, guys. He never left. He's back. CM Punk is back, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to talk about that. And then we're going to end it with, um, I think, which is kind of cool, um, um, AEW's new Fight Forever game, which, um, from what I keep hearing, um, is uh, a a trip down memory lane with some of the games that the three of us have played. And so I'm sure this is going to bring up some fun conversation. So, uh, yeah, uh, fellas, uh, let's get into it. Kind of touch on some stuff that's happening. It just seems like news just keeps happening and happening and where it's been like, what? To like, oh god, no. Like, to like, oh shit. What did you guys think about Roman Reigns getting the new title? Like, that, I saw that and went, oh, someone went, get him a new fucking, either he went, yeah. give him a new fucking title, or someone <laughs> went, we gotta get him a title real fast. I'm tired of carrying around two belts, damn it. Well, no, I just think just because of the new undisputed, whatever the new, you know, yeah. belt Seth Rollins won, which is news that, like, he, that champion has finally been crowned, which I actually heard not to segue away from this, but <laughs> here we go. Um, I heard the AJ Styles and Seth Rollins match was actually pretty damn good. Um, and I mean, you can't go wrong with those two guys. Um, so, but anyway, I'm sure we'll get into that, but um, Seth Rollins is the new champ. He got obviously has the new title and now Roman gets a new title really specifically because he's in you really good title. You get a title. <laughs> well, no, I mean, but I mean, really, truly an impressive feat I was reading is he's either passed or has he's at a thousand days as a that's insane for this modern era. That's pretty crazy. And you, you got to give the guy his credit. I mean, he's definitely put, it, uh, you know, his, his work in for sure. But what do you guys think? Did you guys see it? Did you see the new title? What do you think is going to happen with that? And yeah, what do you think? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I think that the new title is very, and I, I hate when, when people use go on tyrants about like participation awards and things like that. But like that's what it felt like. Like, oh, Roman, you you hit a thousand days, and we made a bigger deal about the other belt. So here's a here's another cool looking kind of belt, and it's not any different than it's just gold, yep. right, Jim? It's yep. just it's just gold, and uh, cool. Now he's got three belts because he didn't hand over the other two. So like. Uh, is he like the king of belts now like i'm not sure and like yeah i don't want to take credit away from roman's uh, amazing work that he's done in the last couple years and you know changing his character but like i kind of always go back to like what cm punk said when he was in wwe and he was like yeah i could have held the belt uh like eight thousand days too because i those guys only performed you know once a month which is what reigns has kind of been doing lately he's been very like very secretive and very like just picky and choosy with who who he wants to defend the title and when he wants to wrestle, which is smart on the health wise, you know, so he's not getting banged up. And I know he's kind of the face of the company, but like, 
I don't know. I'm uh, people holding belts for a really long time or like kind of like what Jim alluded to like many months ago about like the whole like 16, 17 time world champ. Like I, I feel like it's just kind of a, it's kind of a dead, dead part of wrestling. So like, yeah, kudos for him. Belt looks kind of whatever the same, but um, yeah, that's how I feel about it. I mean, <laughs> the story's the story's getting better. The, the bloodline story is getting better, but overall, I don't really care if he, got a new belt or didn't well, you know, we, we talked about it when when they unveiled the new title right when they unveiled the new title that rollins just won we talked about how they kind of buried roman and and how they rolled it out and i think this was this was an apology this was a like oh mm-hmm. hey buddy we still really like you yeah because it is it's a it's a it's fucking useless yes it's a it's the exact same belt it's just all gold okay like i I, is it it's completely unnecessary um there's a a hell of a lot more interesting story going on with uh the bloodline and how that's breaking down that's finally getting interesting again yeah um yeah the new title was just like i said it just seemed like a it seems like a uh you know sorry you know like i I know we talked shit about you on tv a couple weeks ago so here's a shiny new belt you are better pumpkin Y'all yeah. better. You can feel this better now. Ruffling his hair. There you go. Ruffling, you know. it's like, how great would it have been? I'm just like kind of just being giddy, just thinking how hilarious this would have been. What if they would have gave him that like shitty TNA Jeff Hardy belt? <laughs> He's just kind of like, what? What? Well, what see, you, know, you know what really worries me now that you say that? <laughs> what really Music starts me up. When you say that is, remember Rock had a special belt? Stone Cold had a special belt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no. I wonder if that's going to be next. If Roman's going to get his own special belt. You know, like, Didn't Taker go on, too? No. no. I thought Taker did, and it was like, Edge, just a, a, like a one off rarity belt. Yeah. Edge had one. Cena had one. Um, God, who else had one? What did the Rock uh, have? The, was it the Bull? The Brahma Bull. The Brahma yeah. Bull. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Stone Cold. Yeah, and then Stone yeah. Cold had the smoking skull. Yeah. And I mean, it's not like they used it a whole lot, but it's still they're they're iconic, you know, belts that are out there. I wouldn't at all be surprised because look, Roman's holding the belt for a while, right? This isn't going away anytime soon. I I, I wouldn't be too surprised if down the road here we see a special Roman Reigns belt, which I I don't know what the fuck it would look like. I mean, the 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 iconography is obvious for The Rock and for Stone Cold. What are you gonna do for Roman? Just have fucking R? Like that's that's his logo. It's just a fucking R. <laughs> I wonder if they were doing like because like you know how he comes out and he does that like they the in the, yeah. the beginning that's probably the stance maybe the pose the pose <laughs> the pose down <laughs> belt and just jerking his wrist off <laughs> 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 it's, like, uh, it's like one of those like where it's like the 3D ones right? <laughs> <laughs> but no it's like the spinner belt it's just got an automatic engine that comes up and down it's like like a little like a like a train wheel right it's got the little mechanism on yeah it dude, that'd, be, that'd be so great and he means it's just like god oh, no what have i done <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta be honest every time i see roman do the thing with his fists i picture him like fisting a butthole like because that's, <laughs> that's the same motion like if you were if you were in a porno and you were like i'm gonna you were obviously referencing i'm gonna put my fist inside of you i'm just like against- like, i'm just <laughs> just running just jumping the crowd nope 
<laughs> so yeah, a little off track here. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's I think it's I think it's gimmicky and unnecessary and but at the same time I don't think it's even remotely the last we're gonna see of the gimmicky and unnecessary with Roman Reigns and titles. I don't know. Mike, I I mean you don't you don't watch the product. I don't watch the product. I looked it up afterwards, but I mean is are you gonna go get yourself a replica gold belt? Oh. Is this is this oh. next for you? <laughs> It's already on its way. No, it <laughs> stupid. Just to- take a look. He's swearing. Just really quick, man. Thrown over my shoulder. Uh, no, I. It, it's just. It's so dumb. It just like you guys. It's. It just seems like it's an apology, and it's just lame. And like you, Jim, I was thinking. When you said that, I'm like, what would they use for Roman? Like, and he's the, you know, obviously on the island of Redlands. I'm like, an island? Like, that'd be a weird, like, just an island, like, plate. Okay, like, whatever. So, yeah, it's just, whatever, man. It's just another dumb decision by them. With, and they're just in trying to find their footing in this new weird world that they're in. So, well, uh, real quick, speaking of, the, uh, of belts, did you guys hear Tri- Triple H is supposedly. Uh, the big rumor around WWE with the belts is he's going to introduce more titles. And I'm wondering, I'm very like, yeah, concerned that he's going to probably, I bet we're going to see a trios because, because of AEW and trios titles are suddenly a big thing. But um, yeah, what else could you bring in? I I don't understand. Like he's already got enough belts, I think. Well, you got to remember back in the day, right back in the the good old times, we, we had world champ, intercontinental champ and then you had like tv champ or european champ right so i i have a really hard time believing wwe is ever going to dip their toes into trios titles simply because they fucking barely have tag teams right so how are they going to put a trio together um but like i can see them bringing back one of those kind of like second tier titles again like a tv title like a european title uh I don't really know what else there is for them to do. That's realistic. I mean, they, they just killed the cruiserweight belt. Not that long ago. Oh yeah. So yeah, yeah. That back would be stupid. I, I just, I don't more belts. Isn't necessarily a good thing. If there's no fucking mm-hmm. point to it, you know, yep. they already dramatically underutilized the belts that they have. Yeah. yeah. You know, if I put a, if I put a gun to your head and said, who are the women's tag team champions right now? Uh, no, it's Ronda well, Rousey and uh, what's it? Um, <laughs> Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler, that's yeah, it. yeah. But again, like, who gives a shit? Like, yeah. hey, you know, they, they nah. just. It, it, I mean, Gunther is IC champ. Awesome, awesome. Theory is US champ. Obviously, they don't give a fuck. Why would you need a new belt? Like, why would you need another yeah. title to throw in yeah. that mix? Mm-hmm. Yeah, nah, I don't know. Doesn't make any sense. Um. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe let's bring the 24 seven title back guys. Huh? Oh my God. No? Shut your mouth. <laughs> Shut your whore mouth. Well, I mean, bringing in, like, I like the idea of a women's IC champ, right? Like that was, that's been brought up a few times in the that past. Be cool. be cool. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I just, I don't, I, I shudder to think of what they, <laughs> they could be trying yeah. to be with a new belt, new title. No, thanks. No, thanks. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. So speaking of no thanks and Jim, I'm going to have to lean on, on you for this one just because yes. um, I know you, you hate, I'm pretty sure either both of these individuals or just the, oh, the no, champion. Yeah. Oh, great. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah, a okay. huge smashing pumpkins. Fan, <laughs> <laughs> banger after banger. 
So I, 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 what I've heard is I, what we're talking about here is, is, is Billy Corrigan uh, said something earlier in the week um, in a reference to their, their world champ, Tyrus, um, who is from what I understand, just very right wing, very outspoken about it, very opinionated, yada, yada, yada. Um, and a lot of people have been like, why, you know, one, not just because of his political, I guess, affiliations or his He's mouth, but terrible. his wrestling socks. So a lot of people are also like, uh, like what's going on. But anyway, so Billy Corgan had said this week, I, and I, you know, paraphrasing here at best, but was like, if you don't like Tyrus as the NWA world champion, you're not a fan of wrestling in, in some form or another. And everyone's been like, uh, what? Like, excuse me. Wait a minute. No, that's. I mean, and it's great. I was just reading something earlier that their women's champ, his women's champ, Camille. Is it, is it Camille? Is that right? Yeah. Camille uh, was like, yeah, I don't agree with that. And like, basically, kind of just shit all over everything that he said. So it's like, mm-hmm. anyway. So Jim, fill us on, like, fill us in on any gaps here. But basically, this is, and it's kind of started off this just shit storm for the nwa um yet again yeah. i guess <laughs> so what what the, i mean if it, give you guys a, kind of a, a good backstory here for color right to, to fill in and i think it'll help with some of the details so billy corgan was born into money but not love and it's very apparent from both his musical career and every decision he's made in his adulthood he's never known anyone to love him for who he is and as a result he has to do extreme and egregious things to try and get people's attention because his parents just threw money at his problems rather than actually caring for him uh, which is why he also looks like a baby still to this day Uh, he's a a 60 year old man and he still looks like the fucking Gerber baby Uh, Billy Corrigan went (laughs) stated in an interview if you don't watch Tyrus, you're not a fan of professional wrestling. And on behalf of, I'd say 99.999% of the professional wrestling fandom, go fuck yourself, Billy Corgan, uh, because you're right. Yes, Tyrus's politics are one thing. And and personally, I find them disgusting. I, I think he's a despicable person. Uh, I, I think he says some terrible things. I think he's done some terrible things. Put all that aside. He's one of the worst fucking wrestlers I've seen. Like on a honest, like I'm not even talking like on the the big stage. I'm talking period. I mean, if I go down to the fucking bingo hall, if I go down to the VFW this weekend, I'm gonna see guys who who Tyrus couldn't carry their fucking jock, right? So don't tell me that like you know I have to love Tyrus. And the thing is, is I I know what Billy Corgan is thinking, right? Which is scary for me because to be inside that man's head is to have my head so far up my own ass is I, I i can't even imagine what daylight feels like anymore but I, I know what billy corgan is thinking billy corgan says this kind of shit because controversy right because billy corgan wants yeah. he loves tyrus because he thinks tyrus creates controversy nobody he doesn't create a controversy that generates money though because nobody gives a flying fuck right tyrus is on fox <laughs> news's streaming platform he's not even on fucking fox news he's on their streaming platform so he's not generating any interest to come to the product the people who are watching tyrus on fox aren't watching the nwa program and the people watching the nwa program aren't watching the fox fox fucking streaming platform 
it's not a carryover audience, but Billy Corgan's too fucking stupid to understand that. He just thinks, oh, well, they, they say something controversial. Oh, well, that's it. it gets people's attention and they're going to want to watch. No, you chemtrail loving cuck. Nobody's going to give a fuck because the guy can't wrestle to save his fucking life. And it, like in my head on a permanent loop is the, 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 fucking footage of Tyrus going for a second rope splash where he basically jumps onto his feet and then rolls onto his belly on the other guy. The worst for fuck's sake. I'm a, I'm going to be 43 in a couple weeks, right? I'm a 43 year old overweight man with a bad back and I could do a fucking splash better than the world heavyweight champion of the NWA. That is a problem. That is something you should be ashamed of not leaning into you bald headed conspiracy theorist fucking Yahoo. Every time you say the phrase NWA champion Tyrus, I die inside. You think of the legacy of that title. Think of the brilliant, the, the, the absolute icons who have held that title. And now it's not around the waist because it couldn't go around the fucking Humpty Dumpty like waist of Tyrus. <laughs> now for it to be in the possession of a fucking fascist egg, right? That's what he is. He's a fascist egg and, and he's got the belt. Dusty uh, Rhodes would beat the shit out of him with a fucking bootstrap. <laughs> and, uh, and that not even in a match, just in general. You just walk down the street, see that guy and be like, fuck that guy and start whipping the shit out of him. And he's got the fucking belt. It's just, it's just so disgusting. I so sick of Billy Corgan beyond sick of fucking Tyrus. Fuck both of them. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> I, I think, I just love the idea of Cody Rhodes or Dusty Rhodes walking with Cody. I mean, like, uh, uh, Cody, who who's this egg egg looking man? That's <laughs> <laughs> that. I'll be right back, son. <laughs> Cody, Cody, what's that guy doing with my belt? <laughs> hold, hold my beer, Cody Rhodes. I got some business to take care of. <laughs> Dusty's gonna do what Dusty do his best. I'll be right back. <laughs> I got a bionic elbow for your ass, Tyrus. <laughs> Sorry, my What were you going to go into? No, could you just imagine seeing that from across the street? Just two grown men without any kind of like, <laughs> you can't hear him, and all you see is just like. <laughs> 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 Oh, his head like that. Yeah, damn it. I would probably pass out from laughter. Uh, guys, I just uh, some guy with like, a ton of wrinkles on his forehead, just like elbowed the shit out of Humpty Dumpty. Like, I, what's going on, you guys? Humpty Dumpty with a mohawk just got his shit rocked. What the hell's going on? <laughs> he said something to him, then he did this spinny thing with his hands and then whacked him with his elbow. And, and you know, you know, he's like he knows Dusty knows just a little bit of who Tyrus is. He's like, somebody better go call his mama. He's <laughs> like, hey, what? <laughs> Why do you know that? I got some funk all up in your face, Tyrus. <laughs> I'm to show you what a real Funkathorus looks like. Baby. <laughs> you ain't this, got no funk a- on a roll, but I'm going to put some stank on a roll right here. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> This is this is all our show now. It's just going to be empty, 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 empty riffs. Dusty riffs, talking shit. <laughs> oh, oh God. God. Yeah, for anybody that hasn't, I don't think we've ever gone down that rabbit hole of our love of Dusty Roads and like oh, how he just he never, Dusty Rhodes. It's never not funny, and like it will never ever not be funny. And yep. 
Oh my God. So, well, fuck that guy. And so yeah, fuck Billy Corgan. Yeah, Billy Corgan is the same guy who like, I want to say he like was backtracking and, and say what you want about Nirvana, but like he was like, I was disappointed or I was, I was glad that like Cor- or, uh, Kurt Cobain killed himself because like I, I basically won and we were like this secret competition. And I, I don't think that's the case at all. Yeah. Like I'm sure if Kurt Cobain was oh, alive, God, you'd be like uh, Billy, Billy who? Yeah, I am not. I've never. I am not now, nor have I ever been in a secret competition with like fucking Brad Pitt, right? That's that's what <laughs> that's what he just said. Is yeah, yeah. Me, yeah I'm I'm in a secret competition with uh, with Leonardo DiCaprio to see how much pussy we can slay. That totally like he doesn't. Leo doesn't know it. But he and I are we're, we're totally going neck to neck. Leo doesn't know it, but I know it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh my god. is such a fucking doofus. Well, and that's what's like it just I think throughout this, I know I've seen it a couple times, Nick Aldis has been like, you wonder why I left? Like mm-hmm. <laughs> and you blame me and I'm like, oh, yikes, shit. man. Yeah. Well, so. it wasn't that long ago that he was shitting on women's wrestling too, right? And it just it just and again, I I think I said it when we were talking about that whole issue is that he thinks he's going to get people to watch his show. Nobody's going to watch your show because you're a jackass, dude. This isn't, yeah. This isn't the nineties, right? Like, yeah. In the fucking nineties, when shock jocks were a thing, culture has moved past you, bro. Yeah. Culture has moved beyond you. Billy Corgan. hundred percent. Get in a plane that doesn't have chemtrails coming behind it and catch up with the fucking future. He also believes that uh, uh, we're all like lizards too. Yeah, I heard that one. I love him. No, no, I don't. I don't have to love him, Mike. I don't. <laughs> well, no, I was just, I know you don't have to love him, but I was trying to just come up with a good transition into something that I think you would love. Thanks. Anything better than Billy Corgan. Thanks for shitting on that. No, I'm just, I'm kidding. No, so on that bigger and better, obviously, fuck Billy Corgan, um, you know, but uh, we know. Um, and I think more important news, um, Forbidden Door 2 is, is, coming up right it's like coming around the corner and there hasn't it's been really interesting it's been kind of relatively quiet about what's been happening and over the past i think week two at least two marquee matches have been announced um i don't know if you guys i think we've all seen uh the brian danielson challenge uh okada oh my god that's gonna be amazing (laughs) um and then i think it's also been confirmed that um omega and osprey are gonna go at it uh for the and the new japan pro wrestling uh united states title so uh, i don't know have you guys heard anything else who else is gonna be on there and like i got like kenta is really really like pushing for it um since now punk's back i guess (laughs) that would be fucking awesome amazing so yeah, there's been talk of that and stuff. So I don't know. What do you guys, I mean, other than your thoughts on at least those two matches um, being announced and like oh. already giddy as fuck. <laughs> uh, isn't Joe and Zack Sabre Jr. For that? They're teasing it. They're teasing it. They haven't announced it yet, but they are, they're teasing it. Because yeah, they had a little segment on, uh, was it uh rampage uh, with the two of them standing there and joe said you know like oh we both know who the better tv champion is so they're they're teasing and that oh Oh, man (laughs) i i think honestly mike uh i think they're keeping it quiet just because of how how much they announced it and then how quickly everybody got injured 
So I think they're just yeah. trying to like delicately plant seeds and same with like uh, Danielson too. Like with when he did that whole promo package was fucking uh, insane. I was just like, I was like, I didn't know who he was going to wrestle. I thought it was going to be Tanahashi, but I was like, as soon as, as soon as I think he says something, Rainmaker. Yeah. I just started screaming in the fucking desert. Yeah. Yeah. Good. When it's also the timing of this, right? Now think of the timing of forbidden door coming up here. A couple things to keep in mind. Number one, we're going to be at the go home show. We're going to be at the go home (laughs) rampage. We're going to be at the rampage just before forbidden door. So expect fucking insanity in Chicago that night, right? That's number one. Number two, they're launching collision the week prior. So think about all the things AEW has to promo right now, right? They've got to push collision. They've got to get all that stuff, all that train moving, plus getting Forbidden Door going and, and getting all that. Plus, they've got Wembley, right? There, there's oh, there's yeah. so many pans in the fire right now. Um, coming out strong, though, announcing the third match of Osprey Omega, announcing Danielson versus Okada. Fuck me running. Mm-hmm. Already, you have people salivating. Right, mm-hmm. at, at what's going to happen? I I wouldn't be surprised if we don't know most of the card until June twenty first in Chicago. I think June twenty first in Chicago at that last rampage or uh, uh, last dynamite. That's when I think we're going to find out the majority of what's going to happen at Forbidden Door. And I think you're right, Tom. I think given what happened last year with all the injuries and how much the card had to change, I think it's not a bad idea because yeah. people who are going to want to watch, they were going to want to watch anyway. And it's not like you're going to have to like it's not like you have to order it three weeks ahead of time, right? You know, it's, it's not a book. It's a fucking yeah. live television event. You can order it that day. So I, I think we're going to find out most of it uh, on June 21st, but I'm already stupid excited about it. I'm already sold just with the two matches that yeah. have been announced. I'm already sold. Dude, how amazing. Yeah. And I don't know if his contract is up yet, but how amazing if it ends with Osprey standing over Omega and then Drew McIntyre comes out. And just that's all he's got to do is just point, and then, Fuck. oh my god, because yeah, that would be his contracts up. But that would be fucking awesome. Dude, that'd be so amazing. Yeah, I, I, when is his contract? Up? It's soon though, right? I, I think, thought it wasn't until like September, but I, I thought it was like June. July. Yeah, it's either June or July, I think. Okay. But they said that no, actually, you know what? I actually think Jim's right. I actually think it's looking like it. What was it? I read it. Because everybody thinks it's coming up, but it's actually more towards the end of the year. Yeah, I thought and it was he, a they said while, he's yeah. will one hundred percent make like have his mind not one hundred percent, but speculative that he'll have his mind made up by the end of the year uh, and what he's going to want to do. So, but yeah, that would be amazing too if he shows up. Like, and even if it shows up in Wembley too, like just unbelievable. So early twenty twenty four is when it's up, which okay. is crazy. I was like. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I thought it was this. They were saying that he, cause like, I remember reading a bunch of stuff too, Tom, that his, they were saying that he, um, uh, he was going to make up his mind or like his contract was up or something. Like there was a lot of big talk for this summer or something. So I, it's just, I don't know, maybe it was just obviously bad news or whatever. So no, it'll be fun, but yeah. Um, no, and I guess kind of this will lead into, I mean, I kind of spoiled it uh, right there when we were talking about forbidden door, but CM Punk is back. Um, and he'll, um, yeah, it's beneficial, uh, that, uh, Tony Khan on dynamite, uh, announced that he will be there in Chicago. Um, so kind of a drag that I'm hoping he comes to ours. I hope I, I just like, I, he, I, come on, you're in your hometown. It's a dynamite. Like you gotta, I don't know. I figured like 
to promote uh, Collision more. Maybe he'll show up. Who knows? But anyway, um, he's supposed to he is going to be at Collision. Um, but the th- I guess the thing that I kind of wanted to talk about really is that um, I guess there's still some some not a disagreements or whatever, but um, with Ace Steel, I guess like he's still really pining for Ace Steel to come back. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard that, that like every like and there are some people that do like, I guess at this point, it's water under the supposedly everything is kind of water under the bridge um, because they I read something specifically that said there were people, you know, that said, no, if Punk comes back, they're going to leave. And there hasn't been any of that. So it sounds like things have been smoothed over and it's kind of, again, you know, lessons learned water under the bridge. Um, and but there are some people, I guess, that are pro a steel and really kind of wanting back. Um, and just curious if you guys have heard anything about that or, you know, what's your thoughts on Punk coming back and, um, you know, give you this. And then I don't know if you guys have heard who Punk, uh, who one of his first feuds might be. Um, and it's not Jericho. So I just. Uh, oh, it's nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it'll actually kind of surprise you um, if you guys don't know who I'm talking about. But just initial thoughts first on you know, punk being back and then anything on a steel. If you guys have heard anything, I, I think we all were kind of just waiting for punk to come back. We, yeah. we, we thought it was more likely than not. He was going to be back. I was surprised to just how abrupt and basic the announcement was to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Um, TK just saying, just, you know, like, you know, and returning will be CM punk. And that was it. That was it. And I, I loved the reaction, uh, uh both, in the booth and in the crowd <laughs> to that announcement. I love the mixed reaction to it. Um, you know, there, there's been, I've seen a lot of people on social media making a lot out of Taz's facial expressions after the announcement. Uh, <laughs> but I, I mean, of course I'm, I don't think it's a big secret. We're all CM Punk fans. I'm super fucking excited for Punk to come back. Uh, you know, I, I, I think it is probably more likely than not that it will just be a collision only kind of a thing, right? They'll, they'll keep them separate. Um, but I mean, even, I mean, if dynamite's in Chicago, how the fuck do you keep CM Punk off of there? I don't, I don't know how you don't bring punk out for that. Um, as far as a steel goes, I haven't heard those rumors, but I guess, you know, justifying it would be that, he was doing good work backstage, you know, I mean, before he bit Kenny Omega, uh, he was doing good work from, you know, from all accounts is that he was, he was productive member of the, of the crew. So I can see some people saying, you know, like, Hey, you know, let's, let's move on from this. Let he's a, he's a good asset. I can, I can get that. I can see that. I personally, I don't know if he's worth it. I don't, I don't know. No, and you know, I'm not in the room. Uh, I don't, I don't know what he actually was responsible for, but I just, I have a hard time seeing him as being some brilliant mastermind that's worth the trouble. Ah, well, again, what the fuck do I know? I wasn't in the room, so I, I yeah, I'm, I'm super psyched. I'm super excited to see CM Punk back. Uh, if, if we're hearing the same rumors, Mike, I've heard Samoa Joe as a first uh, feud, and I will wet myself uh a Samoa Joe if he's feuding with Andrade I will lose my fucking mind because Andrade was also announced as one of the key figures for the closing show yep. so I, those would be dreams for me uh but yeah super psyched man I I did hear the the Ace Deal stuff but it was like all up in the air and it's i don't know if it was really credible but yeah i i heard a seal um something with jericho uh, and how jericho didn't really want him back um i know that like 
Again, okay, I, think, I do want him back. Yeah, yeah I know, right? If Jericho <laughs> doesn't want him back, I do want him back. Yeah. Um, but I I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm with Jim. I don't think it's a make or break situation. Um, oh, my dogs are chasing something. Um, and um, But uh, um, no, I haven't heard about who his opponent is. And, and to, to round about the ACL stuff, I, I think it could be like a story, part of a storyline work. Um, I don't know if a steel really added too much to it, but no, who's he, who's he wrestling, Mike? It's, it's not been confirmed. Um, but I guess he is taking a liking to a Mr. Jay white. Oh, yes. That uh, would be amazing. He said he's been, be he's been really watching his stuff and he's been a real big fan and has, has floated several because it's looking like a lot of people, again, were thinking it was going to be Jericho, but God help us no. all. I really fucking hope it's not. Um, you know, but I think with the Joe thing, I think they need to save that because they had, remember they had the, the, what, like they were one of the first like American five-star matches in like years years or something back or like they did like, wasn't it three of them? Like, Mm -hmm. or was it just Joe and punk one and two, or was it, I I can't remember, but both amazing matches, but I think it's just, it's, you got to work the crowd into that one. You can't just jump in right under that. So, you know, I, I would like to see personally, I think a Joe and Andrade, um, I think would be a lot of fun. Um, you know, and, and so I don't know, but I, I, yeah, it's all speculative with Jay White, but I think that'd be a lot of fun. Like that would be a lot of fun with, you got Juice Robinson as his heater. Oh my God, please. Like it's <laughs> great. My only so, worry about yeah. that is, is that, they, for a long time, when CM Punk was uh, in retirement, they were like, how great would it be if he came to do the whole Bullet Club thing? And I, I don't like where this Bullet Club gold thing is headed. And I, it worries me that maybe like he's he's concocting some ideas to be like the leader of Bullet Club gold, um, which I hope that's not the case. I just hope it's him and Jay White, which would be fucking awesome you know to round it out i, I thought um you know there's obviously a ton of a ton to talk about but i thought this was just, you know this was a lot of fun because i, I keep hearing really really cool things about the, um aw's new game fight the fight forever i believe is what it's called yep. i still haven't really i've seen just screen capture i haven't i haven't seen any gameplay i just kind of want to i want to be able to play it myself or at least see you know just wait i guess till it, it at least comes out and kind of hear anything about it but what i've heard about it and i think tom you told me this um, is it's very reminiscent of the old um, THQ games. Um, very, like very simple controls where it's like, you just go out and do the silly moves and stuff. And it's like, they just, they, it, I don't want to say go back to basics, but it just, you know, the no mercies, the NWO, WCWO revenge. And like, we all played these games and I'm, I, I don't know. I think it's really kind of cool. I'm really looking forward to it because I'll be honest, some of the WWE games, it's like, Yes, it's WWE, but it's the only wrestling game out there. And I want to have, you know, I want to have a flaming tables match. And it's like, <laughs> it takes me three hours to learn the controls. And, and then I yeah. still can't do it. And I'm like, this yeah. is, I don't, I, this isn't fun anymore. And they, there was a period where, you know, a lot of the WWE games were like that. We're very, you know, I remember several were like that. And they're, you know, obviously when some of the new gen stuff came, it, it got a little bit more advanced, but man, there was, they took a hard turn once and it's like, I, they've never gone back with like some of the controls and whatnot. And it's just not fun. It's just, it, I'm not saying it's too hard to play. It's just too, no, it's, it's like, too un- to it's too unnecessary. Like some of the shit you got to do, it's just insane. So I don't know. I'm really looking forward to this. And I don't know if you guys have seen it or paid any attention to it or, you know, thinking you're going to grab it or whatnot. But um, yeah, I thought it'd be fun to end clickbait with just something kind of fun, you know, like this kind of cool game that 
many of us played uh, or the style of, you know, when we were younger. I will gladly pick it up. I I think it's going to be great. I love that it's so simple. Um, a big um, feature that I like uh, that they, they've been talking about as a creator wrestler is like the easiest thing to do. Like, and I think that was like a kind of their whole purpose of making it super easy because of how long you could take on WWE 2K. It could take you like days to make like a character like perfect. Um, but I've heard there's a, there's a lot of like really great Easter eggs in it. There's a lot of like, um, you know, if you're fan, if you're a fan of like the, the road to like WrestleMania kind of like what 2K did, there's a lot of that. Um, I think it starts out at double or nothing their first like pay-per-view. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. It looks really awesome. I did know that, uh, which is, I think awesome because it's just a massive fuck you to WWE. Owen Hart's in the game. Yep. And, uh, oh, wow. yeah, yeah. Uh, Martha's like, Oh yeah, totally. Of course. And that was like one of their big, like, Hey, we've got, you know, we've got Owen Hart because I don't think any of the 2k games will, I'll, I'll, nope. she won't allow it. She, she won't like allow anything with all. Wow. I, think I didn't know that. Fantastic. Oh my God. I think it's so good. That is pretty good. Wow. I don't know, Jim, have you heard anything about it? I'm- oh God, so much. I've been researching it like crazy because I'm a giant fucking nerd. Uh, and because my semester ended two weeks ago uh, and, and because I want to be a cool bad, I bought a Nintendo switch so I can play games with my kids. And one of the first things I did when I bought the switch was pre-order uh, fight forever because all of the gameplay footage I've seen is just it looks like you said it reminds me so much man of playing NWL revenge and and how much fun we had playing that game on N64 uh, and it's it's been really fun I've been watching you know watching my son play on his switch and you can play uh, retro games on the switch you can play NES super NES Nintendo 64 game yeah. and watching you play all these old games I'm like oh dude you're fucking taking me back you know watching the gameplay I'm like yeah, I remember this I remember this and and I get that same feeling watching the, the gameplay footage from fight forever because because it has, it's been incredibly frustrating to me. I got a WWE 2K22 and I can't figure it the fuck out. I've been playing video games since I was seven years old, right? Like I, I've been playing video games my entire life. And that game is just so absurdly complex with the controls. Uh, and it's frustrating as fuck. And I don't want to play it because it's frustrating as fuck. Uh I'm really looking forward to fight forever. Really looking forward to it. Love the Easter eggs that I'm seeing, loving the gameplay that I'm seeing. I just, it's going to be fun. And I I think the fact that, you know, they're, that's what they're going for is we're not, you know, WWE wants to make it realistic. They want to make this as realistic as possible. And AEW is like, no, we want people to have fun and fuck. Yeah. I'm here for, that's why I play video games. I play video games because I want to have a good time. And this looks like something I'm going to have a really good time playing. Yeah, I got I remember I think I tried I think I did 22 as well WWE 2K whatever the fuck it's called and when you run you start to like gas out and I'm like <laughs> I'm just about to bring I'm that like, up hey, what and I'm like what the hell and like I was like wait a minute and then you have to like take breaks and then sp- and I'm like why can't I just run around like I used to yeah. like mm-hmm. who gives a shit like and I I got so frustrated I was like this is dumb and just gave up and it's yeah I don't know yeah Tom it, you just, you just get blown up like the ultimate warrior man you're just like <laughs> You take like eight steps and then the guy's just like bent over, just breathing heavy. And you're like, what? Like, what? This should happen to me in real life, not in a video game. You know? yeah. like, come on. But well, I yeah, hate, I just hate that every time I would get slapped into a submission, I was done. I could oh, yeah. never oh, fucking oh, get out of a submission. Worst. It drives me insane. Yeah. So dumb. So, so goddamn dumb. 
gentlemen, it's time for the match of the week. Um, Tom, what uh, what was your match of the week? Um, no, nothing. No. What? All right, Jim. No. <laughs> uh, no. Three fucking weeks, Tom. <laughs> I've been pretty sick for the last couple of weeks, so I've only caught um, like highlights. And I'm going to butcher his name, of course. Uh, El Hijo del Vikingo versus Drillistico yeah. and Commander. Look at this guy. I get this guy. He's, he's studied. I'm on my deathbed and I'm like, I should probably correct his name. <laughs> was that from Rampage of this this I, week on Rampage? Or yeah, it was it was the the show that followed uh the last bloodline storyline. Cause I did I caught a clip of that and then I, I immediately started watching uh Rampage and that guy that that guy is unfucking real. He's not from this planet. Like, there's no, no way we send each other clips of all the time, and um, every time is like, I don't know how he does this. There's moves that he does that just like defy gravity, and I'm still glad that I picked him as my like wrestler to watch uh, of 2023 because I can rub it in your guys' face, even though I can't really say you're going to be going out to lunch on that one for a oh, while. Oh, am I? I'm going to go <laughs> so hard on that. Uh, but no, that man. I mean, what more can you say? I mean, it was a triple threat, basically cruiserweight match that not only kicked off. Uh, you know, Rampage, but it followed, you know, the the SmackDown's WWE that, you know, because they're, they're, that was like the big reveal was their big title. And, you know, of course, everybody who's the, um, who does the tribalism obviously hops back and forth, but like, what a, what a way to just kick off a match. And it was also too, and I'm hoping we can talk about this a little bit, uh, a, a nice apology for, uh, yeah. uh, was a double or nothing uh, yeah. that, Hmm. Did AEW have their first bad pay-per-view? Yeah. Um, and they did. <laughs> uh, but yeah. no, that's my match of the week. I I also uh, runner-up to, maybe you guys will talk about this, but I did really, really enjoy, even though it wasn't the, their best uh, pay-per-view, was the Bullet, or Bullet Club. The, <laughs> the what is it, British? What, what the hell are they called? Blackpool Combat Club. Blackpool Combat Club. Versus yeah. the Elite. And that was... I mean, if you're just looking for a fun, just mayhem match, which is they, mm-hmm. they delivered and it was great. So those were two uh, matches I really, really enjoyed. Uh, let's go with Jim. Jim, what do you got? Uh, well, I mean, real quick. Uh, yeah, I, I I thought the 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 El Hijo match was a good part of the what I'm referring to as the Tony Khan week of apology for 2023. Because <laughs> uh, Double or Nothing blew goats. And then he came out with fucking fire on dynamite and rampage. Yeah. I, I think, I think TK knew it. We, we were talking about this in the text. I'm I think sorry. TK knew it. Yeah. And was like, um, I promise we'll do better. And and he gave us some really good shit. Um, that being said, my match of the week actually literally just happened less than 24 hours ago. Uh, it was from new Japan's dominion show. Oh, wow. uh, and it was the, uh, the never six man, never open weight six man tag match between Ishii, Tanahashi and Okada against Shota Umino, Claudio Castagnoli and John Moxley. Um, I thought that was a fucking brilliant booking to begin with. And I think the match absolutely paid off. I think that there was no matter who was in the ring there was a good combination going on, right? There was great uh, uh, chemistry between all six of those performers. uh, And I thought it was a really good match. I think that Shota Umino, uh, absolutely should be a full-fledged member of the Blackpool Combat Club. 
I think they should do what they did with Los Ingobernables and have a Japanese faction. And I think Shota should be in uh, the BCC Japan. That would be and incredible. I, I think it just makes the most sense to me. But uh, but yeah, I thought it was a great match. I mean, like, when you got Ishii, Tanahashi, and Okada, first of all, giving them the six-man six man belts was like unfair because who the fuck is going to beat that combination right. um but you knew they were going to be putting on banger matches as well and and they did uh, they did just uh just well this morning our time against uh shota claudio and, and mox ishii is one of those dudes who like you think is like on his way out and then he just like he just i don't know how he does it how he just like goes and goes and goes that dude is he never fails to disappoint well you know they call him the stone pit bull and they call him that because he's so tough but to me it's because he walks like a fucking gargoyle right? his <laughs> entire upper body looks like a goddamn gargoyle yeah I, like I, I i worry about him like does his neck actually move uh, <laughs> he puts on a good fucking match yeah puts on a great match when he's in there so yeah yeah. Mike, Mike, what'd you watch this week? Yeah, no, I know it's been a bit, um, but I just, I focused on this week just because it's, yeah, it, it's so much. And and Tom and I were actually talking about this a little bit, a couple of days ago where it's just again, another like, eh, like nothing, nothing. Oh my God really stood out. Um, Obviously, you know, I don't watch WWE, the WWE, Jesus, WWE, them, them those dudes, <laughs> those other. fuckers, the others. Um, no, so yeah, um, my pick was actually, um, what? <laughs> Nothing, the others. <laughs> <laughs> no, so my pick was, uh, Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, versus Action Andretti. Um, I did the, give me more Zack Sabre Jr. Um, man alive. That guy wow. is just, <clears throat> I thought what a good, what a good treat. Uh, what a neat little spotlight to put somebody on there. Who's who. He's mean. He's and he can just stretch the bejesus. Some of the moves he was putting on Action and Dreddy, I was like, even like ah, yee. like, and he he's just great. And so, like, if there's if there's rumors of him and Joe, like, oh, you know, please, like, that'd be great. Just more Zack Saber Jr. And he's just he's starting to get more and more and more. And I, again, he's on national TV, and I never thought I'd see Zack Saber Jr. Uh, on national TV. So I thought it was good. I thought it was a fun, quick little match. I knew he was going over props action and ready though. Like it's, he's still getting some face time. Like he's working at it. I mean, I, I can't stand his name. So I'm assuming it's <laughs> action and ready. Just sounds like an awful eighties movie. So it just like <laughs> action and ready. Like, you know, I don't know. This summer, just, action and yeah, like, Starring Ralph Macchio. Yeah. It's action and ready. <laughs> What happens when an undercover cop goes to his <laughs> teacher and action and ready? I just watched Kindergarten Cop, uh, by the way. <laughs> great movie. You can tell. No, great movie. no, yeah. So, I mean, he played his part. I thought that was an odd pairing, but it worked and it just, it made Zach look amazing. So, yeah, I can't, I can't get into action and ready ever since Jim was like, Jim, <laughs> Jim did the whole like Jericho bit. When he was like, thinking about like, like, and look at Action Andretti. Where the fuck has that guy been? That's exactly what I said. I was like, huh, there he is. Yeah. Yeah. Zach Saber Jr.? No. Yeah. So, but I did, I did really quick. I did have a runner up um, strictly because um, I'm really starting to become big fans of these guys. Uh, It was. uh, Really deadly. No, sorry. Yeah. 
Brian Breaker, everybody. <laughs> Hello? Hello? No, uh, Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen versus the Gates of Agony. Um, yeah. Specifically about the Gates of Agony. These guys, I think, are absolutely right. Like I texted you guys, uh, um, Toa Leona has only been doing this for a couple of years. That's like crazy. That's crazy and whatnot. And so he's actually, he trains with, um, <clears throat> excuse me, he trained with Rikishi. Uh, I guess. And like he big influences is, is Umaga, um, you know, the Simone uh, SWAT team, I think is what they were called back in the day. So he's the guy's really, really good. And then Khan is just I think it's a great I think it's a great pairing. I really do. I think it's it's I don't know if you guys caught that match, but um, they it, it was it was kind of a an odd matchup because you knew Gates of Agony are like this up and coming tag team, but they are going to have to lose to two skinny guys. So it kind of <laughs> the story and that kind of, I mean, it, it, they, they definitely, I, they did it smart with Gates of Agony just out of the gate, just beat the shit. I mean, watch, I don't know if you saw the match, but they, they beat him up, man. Like totally. I mean, he just like throws his body. He does a lot of those like Bray Wyatt kind of Umaga, mm-hmm. like body splashes where he just runs and it's just, he did that a couple times and it was just, oh yeah, it's, they were beating him up. And then of course the, they came back and it was like, oh, okay. I kind of got caught up and forgot what was really going to happen. But, um, a fun match. I highly check it out, especially for the Gates of Agony. I don't know if you guys have heard any more or heard anything about the Gates of Agony or anything like that. Well, they're, they're six band tag title holders in uh, ring of honor, right? With Brian cage. Yep. The embassy. Ooh, oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I've never really, like really looked into their stuff. Uh, not, but since, you know, you started talking about it, Mike, I'll definitely have to check them out. Yeah. It's, it's, it, I, it was funny because when I, I was like, man, how do I tell you guys about them? Because they definitely have like, um, God, who are, I always, I tease them and I call them Toka and Razor. Um, the hell were their names? The, <laughs> the authors of pain. Yeah. The authors of pain. I, I would call them Toka and Razor Cause I thought it was same really thing. funny. Yeah. Same thing. But it was just like, it was, it's, they kind of remind me of that. And then a little bit of like kind of what the war Raiders were like, I'm sorry, not war Raiders war machine was. So it's yeah. like, uh, that it's worked before. And it's not, so I'm like kind of intrigued to see what they're going to do with it because it does kind of give me this, like they're just absolute brutality, but it just, it, something feels different about it. I don't know. And it's, so that's my, was my, honestly was my hesitation about sharing it with you guys. Cause I'm like, man, it, it, I'm afraid you're going to be like, great. This is the authors of pain. and it's like i can see it but it's not it's because i think these guys actually have talent so yeah so that's my match of the week and a runner-up so check it out always going above and beyond mike always pouring that extra credit do what i can before before we move on to the uh the spotlighted wrestler uh i just want to touch and ask you guys uh this should be fun uh since tony khan did the nice love letter and apology to us and i think that's a brilliant move on on our promoters part is yes it was bad but tony khan uh was like i'm gonna give you guys what you need and deserve that being said what was the worst part of double or nothing because i would like to go first <laughs> jeff hardy what is that guy doing out there <laughs> oh my god dude i oh my god. i was watching clips because I, I i was again like i said i was super super sick um, and I, I saw him and he just like fell off the top rope. And I was like, this, this is how you're going to start your show with these guys, yep. these bloated gas bags. Like yep. I, between Jeff Hardy having no business being in the ring, uh, Jeff Jarrett have no business being in the ring. And I really do have to say, 
I was very, very disappointed with Adam Cole and Jericho because I really thought Adam Cole could have probably, you know, put some spunk on it. I love Adam Cole, but man, that match was bad. So what do you guys, what do you guys, what, what do you have? What were some of the low points of <laughs> Double or Nothing? I think mine was in Jim. I don't know. Hopefully I'm not stealing your thunder, but was the like Karen Jarrett coming out of like, like I was like, what Jim and I talked, we were like, we Jim and I watched the whole pay-per-view together. And it's like, this is where, I mean, it literally, I don't think at any time you and I went, Oh, wow. (laughs) Like throughout any match, like I think maybe a couple of times, but like nothing crickets. And then we obviously we get to Jeff Jarrett, you know, who's Jim's, you know, just sweetheart favorite. <laughs> and I mean, the matches itself is cricket and like, God bless FTR. And it is just, you know, and whatnot. But then like Karen Jarrett shows up and it's like, uh, wait, wait uh-huh. why is she here? Yeah. And then she, I, I think that was the same. And then she cracks Aubrey Edwards and does the most pathetic like, I think even Jim was like, God damn, put some stank on it. <laughs> it was like a Hulk Hogan chair shot. It was just, but that's so that I, the whole, the whole pay-per-view was just, I, I mean, I, we all knew what anarchy in the arena was going to be. I mean, I think Jim, I think we got up and both walked around at one point to stretch yeah. our legs and it was like, okay, we see what happened, you know, whatever, blah, 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 blah. And yeah. which actually, I, speaking really, really quick, um, that, God, another segue. Did you guys see Tom or Jim, the, the, the um, Don Callis and uh, Kenosuke Takeshita promo from Wednesday? Yes. Yeah. Did Did yes. The nuclear heat he was getting. I was like, Caitlin was like, why the hell are they booing him so much? And I was like, this guy, everybody just hates this Don Callis guy. Like everybody just hates him. And it's, I, I, I was really kind of surprised actually at that. And I was like, wow, is he getting a lot of heat? But anyway, but I knew that was, but that came out of anarchy in the arena and that yeah. was pretty much the saving grace. And, but there was nothing even special in that, you know, yeah. even it's like, eh, but yeah, that, that God, that Karen Jarrett shit was, or whatever the fuck her name is, was just no, it's terrible. It's, it's perfectly it's, named. It's perfectly Karen. named Karen. Yeah. My, my big takeaway from double or nothing is the Hardys need to retire. Yes. Jeff Jarrett needs to retire. Chris Jericho needs to retire. All, all three of those acts ended up just dragging down what they were involved with. I mean, it was the, first of all, the Hardys in, embarrassed themselves oh, not just yes. jeff not just jeff matt looked terrible too yeah. they both need to they just need to fucking walk away jeff jarrett should have been brought in to begin with right <laughs> but only embarrassed himself even further and chris jericho looks like absolute hot garbage <laughs> especially in there against somebody like adam Cole. Yeah. it's just it's it's fucking embarrassing embarrassing and and you know like the best jericho can do at this point is be a comedy act but he's not funny like he used to be funny in like 1999 he was funny but (laughs) it's a long ass time ago now i it's that was my takeaway was we need to stop putting people like the hardys and jeff jarrett and chris jericho out there because they're 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 crippling the product Yes, I 100% agree. I remember Jim Jim and I were talking just specifically watching Matt Hardy get off get up <laughs> off the apron or get up get up in the ring. It's like it's like it's a, a toddler. toddler. 
It's yeah. like a toddler trying to get up like yeah. on a tie. Like, his entire career he's moved like he has hips made of fucking steel right like he's got this awkward ass gait getting up off the mat but it's gotten even worse over time he just he does he looks like he looks like a baby giraffe trying to stand up after just being born it's fucking terrible i did also enjoy sabu uh falling uh, onto a table (laughs) like we all knew oh, what we were going to get when Sabu showed up. We're like, that dude's just getting a nice paycheck. Yeah. And then that's it. That's all he's doing is he's getting me yeah. enough to, to get his hips replaced. You know, <laughs> boy, he looked, I mean, he that terrible. isn't even the word, the word. No. Well, and why would you wear a suit, Sabu? You're fucking Sabu. You're Sabu and you're there as an enforcer. Why are you wearing a suit? And even more so, did you guys notice it happened on Rampage and it happened again at Double or Nothing? He was wearing his backstage lanyard when he came out. <laughs> he was afraid somebody was going to stop him at any moment. Hey, guy in the headdress and a suit, what are you doing here? No, I'm with the band, I promise. Like, what the f- why are you wearing the fucking lanyard, Sabu? Because, like, yeah, that table spot was horrifying. That was terrible for oh, Sabu. Sabu. Poor Sabu. <laughs> I just put on your damn genie pants and get out there. <laughs> and I like to wrap himself in barbed wire and run around for a while. He, he <laughs> looked like he could have possibly separated his shoulder when he did the finger point up. It was like <laughs> it was just like and then Jim, Mike, and I it talked about this uh, recently. As much as we love ECW, I love ECW. I will always love ECW. It's time to let that era go. Exactly. Just let it be. It's time for those guys to retire. Tommy Dreamer is like a sexist asshole now. Let's like, just now. Yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's more outspoken than he was back then, maybe. But yeah, it, it's time. It's time to let go. It's nostalgia is just. Uh, I can't even remember what MJF said, but it's it's a terrible drug to 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 get roped up into. And I mean, I, I love Tony Khan for giving those guys, you know, a payday. But like, dude, come on, set you Sabu in the back, please, something like just you can, you can give Sabu a payday without making him jump off a fucking pop rope. Yeah, yeah. Jim, what do you what do you got for us, man? Well, uh, I have an unusual spotlight this week. Uh, it is I'm not going to do the traditional. This is his career. Uh, this was the the path he took. Uh, I want to take a little bit of a different approach. And I, to tell you why I got here, uh, I, I need to start with a little bit of a kind of how did I get here, right? Um, so as I mentioned, I, I I got done with school about two weeks ago. So I've I've been in my traditional what i like to call what the fuck am i doing phase where i spend a couple of weeks after every semester going what the fuck am i supposed to do now and so i've been getting back into video games uh, i've been playing a lot of video games like i said i bought a switch uh, i've been playing a lot of my old games on on my computer and on my xbox and everything and i've been playing a lot of the game assassin's creed valhalla um, I love the Assassin's Creed franchise, so I've been playing a lot of that. And the Valhalla one is the last one they've come out with, so I've been replaying that quite a bit. Um, I've also, I think, partially informed by that, been rewatching a lot of movies, and I rewatched the Norsemen, or excuse me, the Northmen, uh, the Robert Eggers, Roger Eggers, no Robert, Robert Eggers movie, uh, not too long ago, and um, 
I thought it was great. I loved it. So I rewatched it. And as I'm watching it, I'm thinking uh, what kept going through my mind was John Nord, who played the character, the berserker and the WWF in the late eighties, early nineties. And how he used to always just run around. Hoof, hoof, hoof. <laughs> and I was like, you know, what would be fucking hilarious if I do a spotlight on the berserker, uh, because he was like, he was gone in a fucking flash. He was only there to just be, you know, be there for two minutes. And I thought, no, no, that wouldn't be right. Uh, and since, you know, keeping in spirit with the idea that imitation is the highest form of flattery. Instead, I chose uh, to do a spotlight on the inspiration for the berserker, Bruiser Brody. Yeah. Bruiser Brody is, I think, uh, the reason why I'm not going to do a traditional spotlight is because Bruiser Brody doesn't, he's too big for that right he's too big no matter how what i tried to do in a traditional format of bruiser brody i would be leaving off way too much so rather than even attempt it i thought i'd do something a little bit different just kind of hit some highlights of of the thing and just and 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 then end with a discussion on of course one of the most infamous quote-unquote unsolved crimes uh, of the last hundred yeah. years and that was the murder of bruiser brody so uh bruiser brody's real name was frank goodish uh and he was born in pennsylvania uh, fun fact, born on June 18th, 1946, a mere 34 years earlier than another brilliant, sexy, large, hairy man <laughs> who likes to go oof a lot. That's me. I have the same birthday as Bruiser Brody. I think that's really fucking cool. So Bruiser Brody was born in Pennsylvania, but grew up uh, outside of Detroit, Michigan, uh, and was a star athlete in high school. And ended up getting a football scholarship to play at West Texas Tech University uh, in, uh, oddly enough, Western Texas. Uh, now, <laughs> for me, whenever I hear of West Texas, I immediately a red flag goes off as as kind of a big big fan of professional wrestling because. West Texas football has been kind of a breeding ground for some legends of professional wrestling. I'm going to lead, read for you a list of some of the alums of West Texas University football. Dusty Rhodes, Terry Funk, Dory Funk Jr., Ted DiBiase, the one who's not in prison. Oh, okay. <laughs> Tito, <laughs> Tito Santana. Holy oh, wow. Blanchard. Holy crap. Stan Hansen. Yes. Who was in fact a tag team partner of Bruiser Brody and Manny the Bull Fernandez. So you know, think about, I mean, fucking iconic Hall of Fame wrestling talents who all just happened to play football, West Texas Tech. Uh, yeah. what a what a weird ass. Like, what did what were they doing there? That, that led to all these great wrestlers coming through. Um, but uh Bruiser Brody played football, West Texas uh, Tech, now West Texas AM. If you want to get any uh, sweatshirts or merch uh, to support that, but West Texas already ordered. Yeah. <laughs> um, and after graduating from college, after leaving college, he actually got a job as a sports writer. Uh, and having watched a lot of Bruiser Brody matches and interviews, I love the thought of Bruiser Brody as a journalist because he was, he was a sports journalist <laughs> and that blows my fucking mind. That's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, the yeah. six foot eight, three hundred pound man doing interviews. Was that was that was like his first gimmick as like the interviewer? And he was like, I would just like to interview you for a second. <laughs> 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 with a pen. 
<laughs> God, hindsight's twenty twenty. That would have been a perfect gimmick for him. Uh, but after after working for a little while, I realized uh, you know he still had a lot to offer in the world of athletics, and so he was trained by the one and only Fritz von Erich. Uh, so he was trained Whoa. by the the head of the yeah. von Erich family. Did not know that. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Uh, he worked all over the territories right now. Bruiser Brody, uh, his career was prior to what a lot of modern wrestling fans know. Uh, you know, in modern wrestling, you have the big companies. You got WWE, you got AEW, you got Impact, you got technically NWA. Before all of that, right, before Vince Jr. came in and bought up all the territories and consolidated talent, you had geographic areas of the country that served as circuits. Uh, and so you would work the Midwest or you'd work the mid South or you'd work Florida or you'd work Georgia. And, and by and large wrestlers kind of stayed within their home territory, maybe kind of moved around a little bit, but it was all regional. Bruiser Brody was one of the, the, those few who worked nationally. Uh, he, he worked markets all over the country, worked all the territories, got around and he was a huge draw. Uh, you put Bruiser Brody on your poster, you were going to sell out your show. People were going to come to see Bruiser Brody because uh, his legend was was just way out there uh, and he was well known. Uh, worked all the territories of the U.S., uh, worked Japan and worked Puerto Rico, which, as for those of you who are unaware, ended up being one of the worst mistakes uh, of his entire career. During the course of his career, he had legendary feuds with Kamala, uh, the Ugandan giant, Abdullah the Butcher. Antonio Anoki, and of course, Carlos Colon, who was uh, the kind of the in charge of uh, world wrestling, uh, world wrestling council in Puerto Rico. Uh, Carlos Colon, the father of Carlito, uh, the father of uh, one of the other ones. Uh, yeah, I, can't, I know who you're talking. Yeah, yeah there were the two, the, two, the two other ones that were in the WWE for a minute, but yeah. Um, so you so uh, feuded with Carlos um, outside of the ring. Bruiser Brody was known for being a very loving family man, but he was also a very protective man of his gimmick and of his character. And as a result of that, would very frequently refuse to lose matches uh, <laughs> if he thought that the guy he was going up against uh, wasn't good enough uh, for his character to lose to. One of the most famous of these, and it's still it's it's on YouTube. You can find it. It's fucking brilliant. I love watching it over and over again. Is a cage match that Bruiser Brody had with Lex Luger in Florida Championship Wrestling, where in the match, Bruiser Brody Lex Luger having a regular cage match. And just a couple minutes in, all of a sudden, Bruiser decides, I'm fucking done with you. (laughs) (laughs) Just refuses to sell shit. And Lex Luger gets, he backs Bruiser into a corner and he's throwing punches and Brody's not moving. He's just completely no selling it. And Luger kind of looks at him and is like, what the fuck is going on? Tries throwing a few more punches and still nothing. He's looking at the ref. He's looking at Bruiser. He's like, he has no idea what the fuck is going on. Finally, Luger realizes this can't end in any good way for me. And so Lex Luger takes it upon himself to climb out of the cage and just walk to the back because part of the reason Bruiser Brody could get away with being stubborn and being bullheaded is because who was going to, test him 
right? And you're not going to walk up to a guy who's six foot eight, 300 pounds. It looks like Bruiser Brody and be like, no, we're doing it my way. Yeah. He'll fucking kill you. <laughs> right. He'll fucking kill you. And, and so Brody kind of got a reputation for being, um, I guess some would say difficult uh, because if he didn't feel it was his way, it was gonna, similar to Andre the giant, right? He, you know, it, yeah. it, if he didn't want to do it that way, it wasn't going to go that way. And there's nothing you can do about it. Kind of a thing. This came up again and again over the course of Bruiser's career in a rivalry that he had with a man by the name of Jose Gonzalez. Jose Gonzalez wrestled under name under the name Invader One. He was a masked wrestler uh, based out of Puerto Rico, but also wrestled in the territories. And Bruiser Brody had multiple matches with uh, Invader One throughout his career. Um, and in many of those matches, many other wrestlers have said Bruiser was not exactly kind to Gonzalez. Uh, was very stiff. Uh, was very rough. Uh, and Gonzalez's ego didn't really appreciate that. So uh, in 1988, Bruiser Brody's doing a tour in Puerto Rico and he is backstage at a show. He's getting ready to take on Dan Spivey, dangerous Dan Spivey, oh uh, who also has a history of teaching guys the hard way in the ring. Um, so it's supposed to be Dan Spivey versus uh, uh, Bruiser Brody in Puerto Rico and Bruiser's in the back getting ready for his match when Jose Gonzalez, who is the booker, at the time uh, actually called Brody into the showers to say, you know, Hey, we need to talk about the match. We need to talk some business. So bruiser Brody gets up and goes into the shower and it's just, it's just Bro bruiser Brody and Jose Gonzalez in the shower. And after a while, the other uh, wrestlers in the locker room can hear yelling. And then they hear a death curdling scream from Brody. And one of those men was Tony Atlas. Uh, the world's strong, you know, the, the Mr. America world, Tony Atlas. Yeah. Tony Atlas rushes into the shower and he finds Bruiser Brody laying on the ground, holding his stomach bleeding. And he looks up and he sees Jose Gonzalez holding a bloody knife. Gonzalez leaves the locker room. Uh, they call for an ambulance, but because of the infrastructure uh, around the arena, because of poor crowd control, it took over an hour for the ambulance to get to Bruiser Brody. Jesus Christ. Um, by the time Bruiser Brody gets to the hospital, he is dead. Uh, he has yeah. been killed. Uh, Jose Gonzalez is arrested. He is charged with the murder of Bruiser Brody. Uh, but in a trial that many consider to be rife with corruption, uh, Gonzalez argues that he stabbed Bruiser Brody in self-defense and he yeah. is acquitted. Uh, he is acquitted of all charges. Uh, it is a, important to note here that several witnesses who were uh, not in Puerto Rico did not get the summons to testify until after the trial was over, including Dutch Mantel uh, and Tony Atlas. Say Tony uh, Atlas too, right? yeah. yeah, both had gone back to the States and they didn't actually get the summons to testify until the trial had already ended. So there was a lot of shady shit going on in the trial that led to Jose Gonzalez being acquitted. So to this day, no one has, no one has been held accountable for the death of Bruiser Brody. It was considered to be self-defense in the eyes of the court uh, in Puerto Rico. Um, obviously it was a tragic loss for the wrestling world, tragic loss for his family, uh, in the dark side of the ring episode about the death of Bruiser Brody, there's a very touching explanation where Tony Atlas says that Bruiser was holding a picture of his son 
uh, and wouldn't let go of it and just kept telling Tony, you know, take care of my son, watch out for my son. You know, again, was a family man. I loved his family very much. And by all accounts, uh, his wife has repeatedly said in in the years since his death that uh, the man that we saw in the ring was the complete opposite of Frank Goodish. Uh, he was kind, he was warm, he was gentle, he was loving. Uh, he was not this maniac uh, that we saw on the ring. <laughs> uh, the legacy of, of Bruiser Brody continues to this day. And, and some of the notable names that, that directly, directly attribute uh, Bruiser Brody as an influence over them include Mick Foley, uh, Steve Austin, Eddie Kingston, and I think you look at Eddie Kingston's style, it's really easy to see that he's he's, oh, yeah. he's a Bruiser Brody protege. Samoa Joe, right? Oh. Into that really stiff working style. Bret Hart actually worked, uh, didn't work with Bruiser Brody, but shared a locker room with Bruiser Brody and said that Bruiser Brody was incredibly inspirational to him. Wow. Uh, and fun fact, The Undertaker, whose very first match ever was with Bruiser Brody. And you look at the career that Undertaker has had, and even still, even after all he's done, he said that having that match with Bruiser Brody was the best way he could have come in because it really taught him so much uh, about what you can and can't do and what you should do when you're in the ring. So the man did so much. And if you haven't seen a Bruiser Brody match, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. Like, I honestly don't know how, how have you gotten to this point in your life without watching a Bruiser Brody match? The man was ring psychology to the nth degree. Uh, he, he had phenomenal physical abilities. His work in all Japan is just fucking horrifying. <laughs> he like he was literally murdering people in the ring. Mm. And somehow these guys walked away. Was he stiff? Sure. Did he actually kill anybody? No. And that's the thing is he made you believe he could. You know, you see these this footage of him in all Japan. He would go into the crowd and people run like he's on fire. I mean, the, the ability that this man had to get a crowd in the palm of his hand. So I, I kind of wanted to open up to you guys and talk about not just, you know, Bruiser Brody uh, in terms of memories, but but will we ever really find justice? Do you think do we as a community need to give up and just remember the man and say, you know, okay, this sucks, but there's nothing we could do about it. What is the legacy of Bruiser Brody to you guys? Man, that's a, that's a damn good question, Jim. No, because yeah, it's every time I think of Bruiser Brody, it's, I think of two things. I think of how great of a wrestler he was. And then I think of his murder, Um, you know, and it's like, and most of the time I'll be honest, it's a lot of it is his murder um, and whatnot. How horrifying that was. And, and, you know, not to touch too much on that, um, because it was an absolute sham. And, um, you know, I was like, he did get away with murder, essentially, in, in, in my opinion. Um, you know, I think even in Dark Side of the Ring, I thought it was even Tony Atlas said, Bruiser said, he's like, man, this guy just stabbed me. And like, yep. Tony was like, he admitted like, and he didn't get to go and testify like it was, it stinks. But no, everything, Jim, you've ever said about Bruiser um, is it's it how wonderful of a man he was um, and how quiet he was and how like he loved his kids. And it was just insane from this persona, um, you know, that he had in the ring. And like you said, I think it was just, he, he just, it was like, he always was, he kept wrestling, wrestling and his personal life, personal life. And like you said, just always lived his gimmick. 
Um, and was a bit of a hothead, you know, hard to work with. I've seen the Luger thing. It is actually hysterical because you can tell Luger's like, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to go like, I'm just, you know, I think it's good for everybody. If I just get the fuck out of here, like bruiser, we'll, you know, we'll just, we'll talk later and whatnot. And like, from what I've heard to Jim's credit, you know, yes, he's very stiff in the ring and this and that he, his agree when he would, you know, go have arguments in the back and what he would never hurt anybody. It was just, yeah. he's just a giant man. <laughs> like it's hard to say no to the, you know, this looming maniac, um, you know, um, Fun story but, too. I don't, I forgot to mention this, but Mike, do you know by chance who was the referee in that match between Lex Luger and Bruiser Brody? Oh, uh, it was Fonzie. Wasn't it Fonzie? Yeah. Yeah. It was Bill Alfonso. Yeah. Yeah. I think I love that. I, I it's one of my favorite pieces of wrestling trivia. It is. That is a good one. And it's just, but yeah, if you haven't seen it, Tom, it's hysterical. It's, it's so funny um, and whatnot, but no, but bruiser's just always been, I, I mean, I, I really, I, he is like the, I've always considered him as like Godzilla, I guess. Like, I know that's not, but like he just, that he is the Godzilla to me in wrestling and Jim's right. Some of the crowds when he's in all Japan, it literally like run in terror. It's hysterical. And like, he's whipping a chain around and this and that. And the guy just embodied as, as he, he, he just, he got it. He had, and whatnot. When, was, when he was, was in he, Japan, he had that like, like crazy walk. He did that. That was just like, Oh God. Like he's, he's, this isn't normal for a wrestler to come out like that. Yeah. He was just, but I mean, yeah, bruiser just, he, he just was all about the, the I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say the entertainment side of it, but really just the, 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 the comic, not the comical, but the carny, you know the theater act the, there we go of wrestling yeah. and it just and he did it so well and it was so much fun to watch him work and like just really just beat people up fun fact before tom we get over to you um when i got married uh we uh my wife wonderfully uh agreed to have our our, our um tables by wrestlers and the first table number one was bruiser, bruiser brody and he's like doing his yeah, this right. like this and he's all scarred up and people are like who the fuck is this guy and i was like oh that's bruiser brody man like i i'm not gonna get into it but just go watch him but he also was murdered and yada yada so but yeah it just it stinks that his his death i think unfortunately is always going to kind of overshadow his wrestling career um you know especially because it's he was murdered and it was just and i don't and until i think someone finally comes out and that like i don't know some sort of guilty verdict or whatever. It's just, unfortunately, yeah, I think it's always going to loom over him, but I don't know, Tom, I know you're a big, you're a big Brody guy. So, um, yeah, huge, huge. I love Bruiser Brody. Um, there's, there's so much to like, yeah, there's so much things you can say about him. I think one of, one of like, just me personally, like I, and it's a, it's a complete lost art now as, as obviously, obviously as we're adults and stuff, he, was like one of the first wrestlers to truly like scare the shit out of me. Like he was a guy who was like, that, that dude's insane. Like there's no way that this is like fake. Like, that guy's just, just crazy. Um, because he, he just kept, you know, he kept kayfabe to his chest, you know? And I think, um, there, there's so much, so many people can learn, uh, from, from Bruiser Brody's character and things like that. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't, uh, well, he was, when he was Brian Daniels, uh, in WWE, he wore the, he wore the bruiser boots, didn't he? When he won the title, yeah. it was like an homage yeah. to, to yeah. bruiser Brody. Um, and then I'm surprised you didn't bring up the, the cactus Jack one 
where he, he wrestles Cactus Jack and he was just like halfway into it. He's just like, just stopped selling. And Cactus Jack was like, he, you know, Mick Foley's amazing and deserves his own spotlight. But like, he was like, he went to the back and he was like, holy crap, I'm going to like, Bruiser Brody's going to beat the shit out of me. He's going to be like, I messed up. And it was like, you know, that whole respect thing. Like, cause everyone was like, when you're in the ring with, you know, Brody, like you better, you better show, you know, show up. And I think, uh, Brody like took him to, took him to the back and was just like, sorry, kid, I wasn't feeling it. And that was it. And he was just like, I don't know what it was, but he was like, you know, he's like, I'm having these matches with Vader, but he's like, I can't even pull it out with Bruiser Brody. And I was like, that was like one of the first times he, I, I think Mick Foley mentions that he like questioned his wrestling career, but like Bruiser was just such a nice dude. He was just like, no, nope, I wasn't feeling it, man. No, nope, it was, it was all me. And I was just like, wow. Um, huh. no, he, I didn't know that. Yeah, really? No. Yeah. Foley talks about it. He, he, it's one of the like Foley stories that he, that he talks about the most is like, uh, same with like the undertaker too, is that I, I believe undertaker was ba- like, he's the reason why taker has like kept his gimmick so close to his chest. Right. Oh yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. Brody was like, yeah, don't let them take way. advantage of you. Don't let them like, if it's your character, it's your character and just like live by it and die by it basically. Huh. Right. I think I, like I, it was something like that because that makes he, broke, sense. he broke into the business. And I think there's an interview with uh, Undertaker where he's like, I only wrestled him once yeah. and it like changed my life because he gave me the best yep. advice about like not. He, it was with Steve Austin. It was on the Steve Austin podcast. Oh, yeah. He was giving yeah, yeah, yeah. talks about that. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. isn't Austin like you ever wrestle Brody? And he's like one. And it was one time. um but yeah there's there's a lot to be said about him i mean he's just same with like stan hansen like him and stan hansen are like the gods of wrestling to me like those guys are just amazing to watch and jim i can't i i can't agree with you more like if you're a professional wrestling fan or you call yourself a professional wrestling fan and don't know the body of work that is bruiser brody like you you have no business watching wrestling. And two, he he has enough. Yeah, fuck Tyrus. Fuck Tyrus. If you yeah, fuck this. If you don't like Tyrus, you're not a pro wrestling fan. Yeah. Fuck you. If you don't like Bruiser Brody, you're not a pro. Yeah, wrestling you're not a professional fan. wrestling fan if you don't like Bruiser Brody or Stan Hansen or any of those guys. Um, but uh, the, to to go to, to to go to his murder, I heard it was like wasn't it more like it was much more grisly than him being stabbed. I thought it was like him holding his like intestines, wasn't it? Well, there's conflicting reports on that. Yeah, I was I was trying to keep it as as yeah PG down the middle. Yeah. Well, in in the spirit of Bill Alfonso, yeah, down the middle, baby, right down, down the down the, down the fucking middle. <laughs> I was trying to I was trying to keep it as as non uh, uh, contemptual as possible. No, what did what did because isn't there like rumors that uh, what's his name Carlos Colon had something to do with it? Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing is in, in Puerto Rico, you can't wipe your ass in a wrestling ring without Carlos Colon being involved. And and so that's so there's never been any direct evidence of Carlos Colon's involvement so much yeah. as, you know, here's the thing. A, a couple things about about Gonzalez that are important to know. Right. Number one, he continued to work after this. In fact, he retired last year. No way continue to work in puerto rico up until last fucking year right the other thing to know is that he's still alive and you don't need a passport to go to puerto rico 
I don't know why I feel like those two pieces of information should be shared, but something in my soul moved me to tell you all that if you're an American citizen, you can go to Puerto Rico without a passport and Gonzalez is still alive and he's still there. But yeah, he continued to work in Puerto Rico. Um, and, and that's, that's another thing that kind it's of rubs me. a lot of people the wrong way is he, he fucking murdered Bruiser Brody. And, and a lot of people in Puerto Rico were like, eh, okay. Like, he, I mean, people, like Tony Atlas said, he's like, I'll, he said, I never went back and I never will go back. Yeah. He says, there's no fucking way. He said, it's there, you know, you're a dead man. If you well, go there. And I was going to say too, I know Tom, you kind of either Jim, you mentioned it or I it, apologies, but um, I heard even to the, the ambulances just to get where even it was like two, three hours. I, I, I mean, at this mm-hmm. point it's, you know, the telephone game, but um, I, it, because it was so bad and it, it like that. Yeah. Like Brody could have been saved. Good like he, he actually could have been, but because of where they were, who they were, all that fun stuff. Yeah. It just, it's, yeah, it's crazy, Tom. Like it's a, it's still a whole thing. And like, that's what I'm saying. Like I, 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 I thought it was in that vice the dark side of the mm-hmm. ring where Tony Atlas was like, yeah, he, he walked in and was like, man, this guy just stabbed me and mm-hmm. was like, I pretty convinced that, you know, Gonzalez killed him. Jeez. And yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Well, they were the only two in the room. I mean, you know, <laughs> Gonzalez even admits, yes, I stabbed bruiser Brody. It's just like, he's claiming he did it in self-defense. The, the problem is, is it doesn't line up with what people know about the man bruiser Brody was not the yeah. character, not the gimmick. You know, it doesn't line up with his character as a person. It doesn't line up with what people overheard. Uh, you know, there's there's all these stories of, you know, like uh, uh, S.D. Jones, Special Delivery Jones said years before Gonzalez told him, I'm going to kill that motherfucker one day. Um, because, again, they had this long standing yeah. professional rivalry. Right. You know, it, there's, there's there's just so many pieces that tie into Invader killed him. Like in cold fucking blood killed him. And the fact that he continued to, I mean, I will say this. We got all excited about Savio Vega and Carlito coming out at the WWE (laughs) pay-per-view, right? A couple weeks ago, (sighs) Savio Vega continued to work with the invader with invader one. Oh, wow. After he murdered bruiser Brody, right? Carlito is the son of Carlos Colon who continued to work with invader one after he murdered bruiser Brody. There's just, there's a lot of, there's a dark stain on, on the pro wrestling community of Puerto Rico based upon how they treated Gonzalez after he admittedly killed this, this man God. in the locker room. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Damn. I, that's a shame. I wish uh, to answer your question too, Jim, like I always believed uh, that the West Memphis three were never, ever going to get, justice that they deserved and they did and it took a long time to do it and i you know i never want to lose faith of like you know somebody will get their day in court and eventually it'll it'll you know something will happen that will hopefully end with him either behind bars or you know um on trial for for the murder of bruiser brody but i unfortunately with how secretive and how much they they I don't want to say gatekeep, but how much Puerto Rico just is basically like you live by Puerto Rico, you die by Puerto Rico wrestling. Like, and that's it. Like any outsider is going to get pelted with batteries. And like, you know, you've heard all the stories too. Like I know you guys have is like, I think even Moxley once said he was just like, I love 
like really aggressive crowds, but he's like, I am scared to death of Puerto Rican crowds because like the amount of times I've almost been stabbed coming to the ring. He's like, it's, it's, it's another level of just like insanity. And I think, unfortunately, I don't think I don't, I don't ever think Bruiser Brody will get the justice that he deserves because of just how, like, you know, how they kept covering for him. Like you said, it it just seems like Mm -hmm. why on earth would you allow that? Like, it's a no brainer. Just be like, you're never going to work here ever again. But to be like, eh, sure, you can work next week is insane. Like that, that to me right there is like a cover up, and that, that it's never going to get solved. Unfortunately. Well, you do realize too, and we've mentioned this guy before, but one of the most notable influences in modern wrestling of Bruiser Brody is one of the AEW trios tag holders, uh, tag team title holders, Brody King. Right. Yeah. Brody King yep. named for Bruiser Brody frequently in the ring. will do the hoof, hoof, hoof. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it, it, the influence is undeniable there. Um, and, and, you know, and several others, several others have, you know, just directly ripped off Bruiser Brody, oh, Brody Lee, right? uh, as an homage. Well, no, Brody Lee actually was not. Brody Lee was in reference to the character Brody from Mallrats. Uh, really? Because <laughs> yep, he, yeah. he looks like Jason Lee, the actor oh, Jason weird. Lee who played Brody in Mallrats. Yeah. yeah. I always thought it was a yeah, Brody, he, uh, Bruce Brody no. reference. No. No. It would have, no. That would have been fucking cool, but yeah. But no, I mean, definitely, Brody Lee definitely was influenced by Bruiser Brody. No two ways about it, but... Um, you know, his, his style uh, of wrestling, a lot of his mannerisms were very Bruiser Brody-esque, but, um, but yeah, yeah, there's, like I said, it's, it's hard to watch modern wrestling and not see the influence of Bruiser Brody. Bruiser rules. Some of those are ass. When he goes crazy, like when he whips the chain around, have you ever seen some of those? And those people are, people are like, (laughs) they're legit scared for their fucking life, man. Oh my Did god! Great, great match. I gotta send to you guys, but great match. Bruiser Brody versus Dusty Rhodes uh, oh from August 1978. Oh god! God damn! Just if you just Google Dusty Rhodes Bruiser Brody, it'll come up. It like it, they only fought one 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 time. This is the only time they fought. Really? I have to check it out. In single. Yeah. Uh, could you imagine how terrifying it would be if you're like breaking into the business and your your first tag opponents are Bruiser Brody and Stan Hansen? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go get a job in retail. Like, God, I'm sorry, that made a mistake. I'm like, gonna work at Walmart. Yep. Fuck this shit. Yep. No, beat the fuck out of you. Oh my God, you would get you would get eaten alive by those two. Like, right? You're not. And the more you and the more you try and fight back, the more they'd probably piss them off and just get you know. <laughs> That'll wrap it up for this episode, but come back next time for more news, analysis, and of course, Spotlighted Wrestler of the Week. Big thanks for giving us a listen, and super thanks for subscribing to this podcast so you can have our dulcet tones delivered right to you each week. Feel free to leave us some feedback on your podcast delivery platform of choice. On behalf of Mike and Tom, I am Jim, and we are out. Out.